Hey, thanks for signing up for the Public Beta Podcast for April 10th, Friday, 2020, here in the middle of lockdown. But I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I've got Reed. Reed, how are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm I'm at home. Uh, I've been working from home for a few weeks. We're doing this online. Uh, I've been playing lots of video games, so let's, let's fucking do this. That's the name of the game. Uh, so we're going to keep this show a little short today just to make sure that this recording over Skype works. Uh, and if it does, I'll have uh, felt really silly about doing this show alone for the past uh, two weeks. <laughs> but I, uh, I do have a monster energy drink. Uh, you know, in these trying times, we got to stay, we got to stay lit, uh, fam. Got to stay lit, fam. Got to stay lit. Can't sleep. Don't succumb to the Sandman. Because there are new video games to play, and the reason uh, that we are trying to do this podcast together over Skype is Final Fantasy Remake. Final Fantasy VII Remake comes out today. Reed, you dug into it last night. I've had a few hours with it this morning. What are your initial thoughts? Uh, well, I'm about, I want to say, man, at least six, maybe eight hours in. I played a lot this morning, too. Um, absolutely love the game so far, actually. Pleasantly surprised in many ways. Um... The combat is very intuitive, I'm finding, and especially once you get characters like Tifa, um, where really uh, intricate combos start getting uh, added into it. Um, The way the weapon progression system they added uh, goes into it, how you can make seemingly shitty weapons become better over time. Uh, It's all great. Uh, I can't believe those are the two points I talked about first in regards to this massive undertaking. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah, so, like, my first uh, thoughts playing it this morning uh, with a pair of headphones on, that opening cinematic and, like, how they expand on it when you just see, like, the lifeless land around the city and then it transitions into, man, it, it's impressive. Like, this is a yes. good-looking game. There's a lot of money on the screen. It, it Like, it performance-wise, no slowdown. Everything looks uh, really pretty. The first thing uh, my wife said when she walked in the room seeing me playing it was just, like, oh, that is a, that's a sharp-looking game. And she's right. Yes, it's it's very fucking pretty. Uh, the OST is fantastic, obviously. Um, it's it's very interesting going into it, seeing the changes. So, how far are you right now, Lee? Uh, so, uh, spoilers for the first two hours of the game, I guess we'll say. Uh, but I have blown up the first uh, Mako reactor. I have uh, met with Aerith, uh, not knowing who she is yet, and then she was attacked by Dementors from Harry Potter. Uh, yeah, which she's I, fucking haunted. <laughs> yeah, she's like, she's like, yo, yo, dude, that bitch is haunted. I don't know. Uh, w- that wasn't in the original game, the Dementors. No, I don't, no, yeah. it was fucking not. <laughs> and then Cloud like brings it up to the group after. Anyway, so he uh, he cuts his way through. Uh, it it reminded me of that one mission in Metal Gear Solid Four when you're in that city wearing a disguise. And you're trying oh, to like, tra- yes. yeah, you're trying to trail yes. that guy. That's what this kind of reminded me of. Instead of like sneaking, you are cutting people in half, uh, human beings, soldiers, Cloud's just yeah. cutting his way through them, uh, and then you escape onto the train, and then you just get off the train, and it's like, time to go home, and uh, yeah, that's so where I stop playing, that's where I'm, I'm at. I'm definitely farther than you, there's a lot of shit in between, so as you know from the original, uh, after you're done the first reactor, you go to 7th Heaven, the bar, you meet up with Tifa, and you guys immediately go to Sector 5 to blow up that reactor, like there's not really much of a in-between right. period there. They've, like, there's very much an in-between period in this remake. Well, well yes. So the, which the major get to. Yeah, the major difference here is uh, they go to blow up the Mako reactor, and it uh, they fail. It, their bomb is that's not... That's not a pl- difference, actually. Um, that's, that is the same as the original? 
it's it's just not nearly as highlighted in the original. They kind of mention it off the cuff on disc three, I believe. They're just like, oh yeah, by the way, we kind of fucking oh like like that's bizarre. It. Yeah, it's just not that big of a deal in the original, I guess. So because the next the next twenty minutes are basically uh, the crew of terrorists, uh, Barrett, Cloud, uh, Wedge, Biggs, and uh, Jesse who have blown up this this reactor that's now there's like fire spreading to a nearby sector people are being evacuated from their homes and they're like we didn't do this that, that bomb wasn't supposed and there's a lot of guilt and they're uh, kind of wandering around the town there while it's uh, ablaze and cloud goes full uh, uh, PTSD and starts yeah, seeing see, see, <laughs> see this is what I really wanted to talk about so far in regards to the remake because this is both a good and a bad thing, and if you know anything about us, we love our uh, I clapped moments. Like uh, so yeah. Star Wars is famous for this, where they just can't help themselves. We're just going to put Darth Vader murdering a bunch of people at the end of the movie, so all the people in the audience go, "Yes, Darth Vader, I clap, they can clap, yeah, yeah." <laughs> so Final Fantasy the remake is is doing that, but also not doing that. So I would say, and I think this is fair to say, one of the most famous. Uh, just images in gaming, let alone Final Fantasy, is Sephiroth turning his back in the fire at Nibelheim, right? Yeah. So right away, they're just like, here it is. Like, at the one hour, hour mark. Yeah, one hour <laughs> mark. They're like, here's that fucking scene. Like, So you're like, oh, okay, uh, sure. And then Sephiroth is just like fucking there now all the time. Uh, yeah, he's talking. He's not introduced as uh, anything. Cloud is just seeing this uh, beautiful anime man uh, standing there and taunting him. And then Cloud takes a swing at him, uh, full on with his sword. And at that at that point, Cloud is not a safe individual uh, to have around children or other people. He really <laughs> has. It's okay. So like, obviously, they're they're stretching what was four or five hours of gameplay into a full fledged game here, right? Uh, and obviously, they're not going to get to uh, a lot of this stuff with with Sephiroth, etc. So you know, they're interjecting it into the earlier parts of the story, making it a more. And, and if they ever finish. This whole project, it'll be it'll be amazing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, under, I, I understand why they did. I guess I'm just a little bit apprehensive because I think such a strong part about that first act in Final Fantasy VII, that Midgar part, is that at first it just seems like a bio terrorist sort of thing. Yes, and then all of a sudden at the end, it's like, ooh, this huge mystery. Everybody at Shinra HQ is dead. Who's this fucking guy killing everybody? And then Cloud just says Sephiroth. And you're like, who uh, the yeah. fuck, Sephiroth? And you don't learn about him until the flashback sequence. And that is, like, the best introduction to a villain, like, arguably in, like, one of the best in gaming. I don't think that's arguable. There's yeah. a, there's an argument to be said that Sephiroth in the remake being introduced is a lot, is very underwhelming in comparison. Absolutely. But, but that being said, I do understand that 95% of people playing not... Final Fantasy VII Remake, know who the fuck Sephiroth and Cloud and all these characters are. It's not a mystery anymore. Uh, yeah. Uh, and and then also we had the Aerith thing where, like, the first time Cloud bumps into her, she's being haunted by ghosts. Uh, so, yeah, that's also very different. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, quite, quite different. So, uh, yeah, so I have not met Tifa yet. Uh, you're a fair ways ahead of me, so you're saying she's very fun to play as. Uh, oh, my to... God. Yeah, so Tifa's whole kit is built around, um, once you build up her bars, you can use her ability called, um, like, struggling something. I forget. It basically just boosts her uh, her triangle ability. So her regular triangle ability is just, like, somersault. Then once you boost it, it goes up to the next tier above that, which is, like, beat rush. 
um, and you keep spamming triangle after you build up your basic attacks to use even more flashier and deadlier attacks. Okay. It's a lot like... Do you remember the Charge Axe in Monster Hunter World? Uh, yes. Tifa is the Charge Axe in Monster Hunter World. Oh, I've always said that. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's, okay, that's, that's the cool. best yeah. way I can describe it. She's so much fun to play. Uh, it's uh, Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. It's um, after the uh, Sector 5 reactor that Cloud falls through the church or whatever onto the flower bed, right? That is correct, yes. Okay, so, so without so you getting into... Sorry? Go, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I'm not yet at Sector 5. I'm on my way because there is such a large amount of stuff to do between Sector 1 and Sector 5. Uh, there is including one thing that includes a bunch of mini games, and one of them was so fucking fun, I can't even describe it to you. And you could tell that when they're making this mini game, they're just like looking at Advent Children, and they're just like, "Oh fuck, we need to, we need to copy that. And we're gonna put that in the video game." And they fucking nailed it. It's great. Good to hear. Looking forward to it. Uh, so you yeah. haven't played with Aerith in your party yet. No, I no, I still have not yet met Aerith because I'm not done Sector Five yet. And that's as far as we know all the playable characters, right? It's Barrett, Tifa, Aerith, and Cloud. Yes, as you so were what, saying. Yeah, yeah. At what I heard was that Red Thirteen, just because that he, what what I've heard the excuse is that he's introduced so late in the game, at least in the remake, anyway, that they didn't want you to like ha- only have a new character to play with for like ten hours, and then like you don't have anything to do with him after, right? Yeah. So, so they're like, let's just. Like, we'll concentrate everything on Aerith, Barrett, Tifa, and Cloud, and you'll get all these characters next game. So, like, part two will be, like, Red 13, Sid, Vincent, and Yuffie, right? You think they'll get all the way to Sid? <laughs> yeah, well, Vincent would come after Sid. Um, Isn't Sid... If Sid's disc one, yeah. Yeah, no, they're all disc one. You get all, all right. the, You get all the characters on disc one. I know, well. I think after Midgar, they could easily get to Aerith's death if they play it out right. If you if you get rid of the world map, Lee, there's so much less bullshit to do on your way there. Never you're really going, yeah, you're just going town to town at that point. Um, uh, yeah, so that's like how they handle that is uh, potentially three or four years at least off. <laughs> so not much to think about right now. Yeah. But yeah, if you if you didn't know, we've been talking about it. Uh, this game very much ends when they escape the city. So no Red Thirteen to play as, even though this is a series that is based around putting people in your party even for just a second. If you think of the original Final Fantasy VII, you get, like, Sephiroth in your party during that flashback, and, yeah. like, the, he's... And yeah, whatever. That's, that's, a, that's what another thing I should talk about in regards to that Sephiroth debut is the reason why Sephiroth being introduced in that flashback in the original is so impactful is because you're not, you're not just hearing how great and powerful he is. You see it firsthand. He's a party member. You go against that dragon, you hit him for 50 damage, Sephiroth swings and hits him for 5,000. Yeah. That's that's right there, in-your-face information, like, this guy's a fucking badass. Um, that's also, besides, <laughs> you're talking about, like, the kayfabe of Final Fantasy, like, when, yeah. uh, when Barrett joins your party and he's the same level as Soldier First Class Cloud? Well, he's not technically Soldier First Class, like, um, yeah, spoilers. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah, Cloud's PTSD is just cranked the fuck up in this game. Um, <laughs> he's just constantly tripping. Everything um, sets him off. Someone mentioned, like, Tifa's name, and he, and he went like, to it. They put a lot more emphasis on Jesse, Biggs, and Wedge, and I was apprehensive about it before, but now I'm not. Um, the development they've been doing for these characters so far has been, like... Very entertaining and very great, especially Jesse. I would um, say it would be a complete travesty if they didn't 
build on those characters based on the amount of time they are stretching here. Yeah, especially yeah, no. But, like, it's it's being done better than I thought it was going to have been done. You know what I mean? For sure. And also you have the emotional, I mean, spoilers. Uh, those three probably aren't making it out of this game unless something is drastically changed. Uh, so yeah. you do have the emotional core in those three characters uh, because Aerith is uh, going to make it to the credits in this one. So, yeah. so as far as pacing and, is concerned, yeah. Yeah, and just in general, greatly expanding these characters' personalities. So Biggs, Biggs is a pretty, like, normal dude who really just wants to help the environment. Jessie's very flirty, very bubbly, um, but, you know, she has some stuff going on in her family life. Uh, but Wedge kind of sucks. All he talks about is eating. <laughs> he's, like, he's a one, he's a fucking gimmick. He's just like, oh... Whenever I get nervous, I sure could eat a pizza or something. You're there's like, a Fuck off, there's what? a point. Uh, there's like some Barrett dialogue, not when they're on the elevator and he's giving his like planet's dying speech, but after yeah. all of this is done and they're standing there like taking a breather for a second, and he tells all of them, "Hey, like I'm your guy. I'm here for you. Uh, like I got I got you a place to live. I got you blah blah blah. As long as you are uh, down with the cause." And they're like, "Yeah," and it's meant to be like a freedom fighter kind of thing, but it does come off as like domestic terrorism. Yes, it's yes, just it like does. we're going to continue doing this, and we knew this was, you know, we knew it was going to cost some lives, and everybody's just smiles and thumbs up, and I'm like, this is a bit of a weird. <laughs> no, they, um, there's, they definitely go more into that, which I very much appreciated, like the morality of their, of the situation, and uh, some very light spoilers for you, Lee. That's a big part of Tifa's character is that she, like, as much as she is a part of Avalanche, she fucking like, does not want to be part of it, really. She feels trapped, she says. Interesting. Yeah, she's just, like, she's, like, no, like, like, I'm all for stopping Shinra, but, like, like, I, a single life is not worth it, though, like, sort Is of this thing. before or after you tell her what to wear? <laughs> this is before you tell her what to wear. <laughs> so there's, there's like, another, a... There's another shot, too, later at the bar, and she's, like, what do you want to drink? And she, like, leans forward on the bar, and you get the thing again, and you're, like, this looks like a fucking... Like a cheap mobile game ad you see on YouTube that's just, just like, Ugh. Some CGI porno. Uh, that's yeah. the thing, is like, when this game hits uh, PC, when and if that happens, all these models will be uh, be able to be recycled. So you can have Conan O'Brien from Death Stranding and Tifa finally getting it on. Hell and, yeah. Uh, make you come in seconds. Click this wow. ad. Wow, you yeah. said that. You said that. <laughs> Why did you yeah. say that? Why did I say that? That's because that's what we were getting at. I don't like to beat I, around the bush when it comes to Tifa, <laughs> best girl in Final Fantasy VII, and I won't hear any oh. arguments to the contrary. It's There's no argument to be made, I, I assure you. Uh, yeah, especially seeing as Aerith is haunted by ghosts now. I ain't got time for that. Uh, let's talk about the battle system, which, to be honest with you, if anything's going to keep me playing this game, it's, it's the, the battles are very fun. I like. Oh my uh, god, talk about a complete leap forward in regards to Final Fantasy XV. Yeah, with like not... And like, and and really, when you boil it down, not a lot has changed. They're just giving you control over things they didn't before. Uh, and, and the pace of the battles... I like the idea that there are some, like, paper guys you cut through and you use, like, your basic moves or you, you do the AoE. And then suddenly yeah. a shock trooper's on you and you have and to change like, up your strategy a little bit. You gotta, okay, where's my where are my meters at? Who's got a move ready? Uh, I got the deadly dodge materia, which I'm, uh, I'm really liking because the combo that comes out of it is great. And I like to evade versus block in video games. So yeah, uh, I'm too. down with that. Yeah, yeah, I was a big fan of that. Um, I like the stagger system. It's actually reminiscent of Final Fantasy XIII, the, the game that shall not be named. Yeah. <laughs> Girl um, 
Yeah, I'm a big fan also of the fact that they gave everybody little gimmicks to their character as to not make everybody more or less the same similar ways. Um, So Cloud has his Punisher mode, so when he press triangle with Cloud, he goes into a very slow mode, but he does much more damage in a very precise manner. Like I said with Tifa earlier, she has her combo system, and then Barrett has the overcharge system. Yeah. where uh, he can shoot off a powerful blast every once in a while, and you can recharge your pressing triangle again. So I'm very uh, ex- just yeah. off that alone, I'm very excited to see how, like, Aerith, Red 13, and eventually when we do get there, Sid and all the others operate. Absolutely, if we get there. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking lovely. That's the thing, too, is, like, it's it's... To have them be like, okay, this game is so massive, there's there's so much to render, and obviously taking a matte screenshot in the PS1 era versus having to fully 3D render all these places, but then in the first hour, you get a flashback back to Nibelheim or whatever, and it's like, oh, they've rendered that whole town, there it is burning yeah, uh, all around yeah. me, it's just like... Yeah, and it's weird, like, how the how small things click, you're like, wait a minute, I know that fucking stone walkway in Nibelheim, like, that's yeah. it, like... Like, these weird things that you just remember from these pre-rendered backgrounds, and you're seeing it in real time, and you're like, oh, weird. Very neat. Very weird. Uh, the city's very cool. The The animations seem cool. Uh, it is an impressive game. It's a lot of money on screen. Uh, and I think... Yes. Uh, you think you're going to beat it by the end of the weekend, or what? <laughs> Me? No. Um, man, like, so I could easily see this game being at least 60 hours, even if you're not really doing a lot of extra shit. I'm definitely taking my time. I'm talking to everybody. Um, I'm walking around. I'm looking at all the cats in the game. There's lots of cats. Oh, great! Yeah, having a having a great time with it. Playing the mini games. Um, yeah, uh, I I'm I'm interested to see what changes they do to the story, especially in regards to Sephiroth because he's such a major part. I I have to say right now I'm I, I'm generally very happy with all the voice actor changes from what they had going on in Dirt to Cerberus and uh, Advent Children. For sure. Who is pretty much everybody, I believe. Um, the only one I'm disappointed is Sephiroth. I wish he had the Avon Children voice actor. He had he, that he, he had that deeper, menacing tone to him that just oh, it was so much better. Well, because I always think of Sephiroth. Uh, I always think of his Japanese voice actor, and it's very much a kind of drone. Uh, yeah, uh, and and when this guy starts talking here in English, it is not that. It is an opposite reading. Of, of Sephiroth, it is it is up here. It is Cloud. Why? No, well, like, I'm, I'm like, no, sure. It's... I'm sure I'll get used to it because he's, he's. It's supposed to be like a benevolent tone, right? Like this is when he's in his. Uh, this isn't like personal Sephiroth. This is I'm a god. I have to achieve godhood. Yeah. Sephiroth. So he's detached. I get it. Uh, you know, you, you play it and you see how much care you see that uh, they were holding back when they were posting cutscenes and trailers for this. Uh, and you see how they elaborate on, on cutscenes. There's some familiarity, but there's some stuff that's brand new. And it does make you wish that, man, it would be cool to see Sephiroth rip uh, that Genova a torso off of that thing. Or, like, all these little moments. Uh, you're like, man, could you imagine that rendered uh, with, with this OST and, and, this, and, and these graphics? That's yeah. the problem with Final Fantasy VII is there's too many iconic moments right till the end of the game that you need to get to and you need to make special. Yeah. Like right, right to the end of the game, Sephiroth shirtless, looking at Cloud descend into the core of the planet to defeat his conscious self. Like that's a very iconic moment. You, you, that's yep. the end game, and there's <laughs> so much shit in between there. Cosmo Canyon, the rocket, 
Um, the weapons. weapons. Yeah, yeah wep- weapons is going to be... Uh, how the fuck do you do weapon? Well, because yeah. in re- in regards to the scale of Final Fantasy VII, like the characters were very small in comparison. Well, they did. Uh, is it diamond weapon that attacks Midgar itself? Yes. Uh, and then they they take the the was it Juno? They take the the cannon and they move it to Midgar to shoot that thing. And then you have to like fight it on the beach or whatever. Yes, correct. Uh, yeah, like all that's like and imagining that now you are the scale you are probably running around this thing's legs or whatever. It's it's crazy to think about. Uh, and I'm I'm just going to enjoy this this current remake for what it is for what we always expected it to be. I like the battle system, uh, and and I don't know if they're going to change it up too much as they go. I guess we'll see. Well, they uh, do they do some really uh, I shouldn't say super interesting, but they definitely do some neat stuff with the weapon progression system and how that operates. Um, besides that, they have. Uh, like, material system's back, obviously, and once you get in control of that, you can do some neat little things. Nothing too crazy right now, and it's more or less the same from what you had in the original. It's, but, it's more or less, um, that's what's interesting, is, like, the stuff like the materia and the equipment is kept exactly like the original. Yes, uh, but which they, I really have, like. they, they do steal other things. So, like I said, the weapon uh, upgrade system is very weird. It's kind of like Final Fantasy X's sphere grid for it. Mm. You select different things based on points you have. But then aside from that, it also has a Final Fantasy IX gimmick where each weapon in the in the game has an ability associated with it. Oh, and really? you need to you need to master that weapon to master that ability so you can use that ability with other weapons. So like the uh, the Buster Sword, uh, its ability is thrust slash, like the triangle move. Oh, okay. Yes. So once you use that enough times you'll master it and you can use it on the new sword that you get for Cloud later. Well shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it gives you incentive to use all the weapons, upgrade them, um, all this weird stuff. So like, the 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 upgrading system is fairly diverse to the point that um, I put all my points into attack for Tifa, and while Cloud and Barrett are hovering around you know twenty nine to thirty nine damage, she's at seventy eight, and just fucking plowing through things right now. Just wrecking shit. Sounds yeah, good, man. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm probably headed up uh, after getting this podcast out to play a little more of it uh, today. So yeah, me uh, too. <laughs> yeah, really dug what I played of it. Uh, any, you've been playing anything else? Yes, I've also been playing uh, well Persona Five Royal, of course. If you listen to our last episode, I really got into that. And there's not much else to report at this time. It's still Persona Five, just with some extra stuff in it. Everything I said last episode is still relevant to uh, what I'm saying now. Uh, yeah, there's not much else I can really talk about at this time, because, you know, it's Persona 5 Royal, I fucking love it, you go do stuff, except, I am doing a challenge run, I'm only romancing one girl, because you get a special cutscene if you only romance one girl. Who'd you choose? Uh, I'm gonna choose the new girl, Kasumi. That's just, yeah, that's, that just seems like a logistically yeah. sound answer, uh, it seems without like, two sides here. Yeah, yeah. if you're ever gonna get a special cutscene, it should be for the... Like the new content, right? Um, right. If if it wasn't for her, who would have you chosen? Makoto Nijima, who is easily best girl in Persona, <laughs> and maybe all of all Personas. She's fantastic, uh, and I think any true Persona fan would agree with me. But besides that, wow. I'm also playing Warzone, um, yep. Call of Duty Warzone, still, still addicted to it, still goddamn fun. They just released season three yesterday, so you can play four player t- uh, teams. My buddies got their first one yesterday, which is great fun. They won with a pistol at the end by just fucking buying each other constantly. Um, it was really funny. Excellent. So what have you been playing, Lee? Uh, well, other than Animal Crossing every day, uh, which I now have the geography tool. So I am, uh, I, I, we, just this morning I was making a bamboo forest uh, with a waterfall. 
and uh, town's really coming together. We kind of know where everything's going to go. We've moved things around, made our paths, uh, and just kind of just kind of living life on the island, man. So that's all good for Animal Crossing. I finally uh, booted Control back up. Nick from work, keep it on my ass to finish that game. Uh, and I so I log in. I try to fight this boss over and over again. I get close two times. Uh, and I can't get mad at the game because it is fair. Uh, control is a feast for the senses, uh, the destructibility, the abilities you get, uh, how you kind of get in the zone when you really get into the combat of that game, especially later in the game. And Nick is trying to tell me that I need to be using the shield more. As I just mentioned from Final Fantasy VII, I prefer to evade than to stand my ground. Uh, so that's taking... Uh, I'm like relearning the game basically here in the final... So, so to, to walk away from any game, especially one that is challenging like Control is, uh, yeah. is tough, especially late in the game. So I'm trying to find content uh, where I can kind of get back in the swing of things before I'm... Because I basically have like three boss fights as side missions. Uh, but I do still have a main quest. I am just trying to find the janitor as he will help me find my way through the ashtray maze. And if anyone has played Control, they know what I'm talking about. Uh, and that's apparently one of the high points of the game itself. So I'm actually looking forward to getting back to Control as well. Uh, I might even do that tomorrow morning before getting back into Final Fantasy. Control is absolutely fantastic, man. There is a there's a part. Uh, it's a it's a mission called Old Growth, and you find your way into this pit after you have the levitate ability, which allows you to drop in this giant pit. Uh, so if you haven't played Control, uh, there's this giant bureau. It's a giant building that is invisible to most civilians. It only appears when you uh, it, when you need to find it. And it's filled with paranormal things, uh, including the fact that the building is expanding from the inside. And there is an area underneath that uh, this fungus is coming through. And it looks like mold. It looks like mushrooms. But what it actually is is uh, some kind of spatial tear where another universe... Uh, is slowly bleeding into ours, and the, the <laughs> result of such looks like this fungus, and it's turning people into, like, mushroom Last of Us people. So there's oh, this nice. entire area of this game where it's, like, a horror game where you're going through these tunnels of this warped office building being attacked by spores and mushroom men, and it's the only point in the, ga- in the entire game where you encounter these enemies. And sure enough, I fight my way to the end of this cave, and it's a boss fight, and it's this giant Poison Ivy-esque gargantuan plant monster attacks me, and I'm like, this fucking game... So fucking good. Uh, so fucking I beat game. this fucking game. So I uh, beat that. I've been putting points back into shield. I'm getting used to using it, and I hopefully will beat that game. That's also a game that I can definitely platinum. Uh, so that's that's an extra little pull when you're like, oh man, I've almost done everything to to actually just 100 percent this game and put it behind me forever. But now they have DLC out, uh, and they're going to do more DLC. And one of them is even a tie-in to Alan Wake, as I mentioned on last week's show. So. Uh, some really cool stuff coming for Control. Just a great game. Uh, I don't know if it's on sale or whatnot, but uh, you picked it up. I don't know if you ever finished it. No, I still have a long ways to go in that. It's just I bought it on a whim, and I, I shouldn't do that. I should buy games when I really want to play them. That's right. Uh, they, they did an update where they changed the minimap as well, uh, and it's much easier to read in terms of elevation. Uh, a lot of people are getting lost in that game, even though that game is set up that you don't even need a map. The signs and the stuff within the built, the like environmental storytelling and direction in that game is such uh, that really, if you just open your fucking eyes and look at what's on the walls, you'll find your way. It's very neat. Uh, so highly recommend that game as well. And that's kind of all I've been playing. On, on the side, I should mention, I have been playing Pokemon Blue on the 3DS. <laughs> just like in the evenings, like 30 minutes before bed, just fire up some fucking Pokemon Blue. Yeah, why not? Uh, I'm p- trying to specifically use a Pokemon I never use. You know who's a fucking loser in Pokemon Blue? Who's that? Paris. Yes. No, Paris sucks. He's always He's suck. awful. He didn't even get, like, Stun Spore into level 13. He's got Scratch, uh, and he's Bug Grass, and he's just a 
fucking waste of space on your team. But uh, yep. I'm hanging in there with him. He's my, bo- he's my boy. Right on. <laughs> so, uh, have you seen the reveal of the PlayStation 5 controller? Yeah, I don't mind the look of it except for the colors. I'm not a big, uh, not a big fan of three colors on a console. Let alone it's, a controller. That's too busy for you. Yeah, like I okay, I I'm of the mind that I always loved the design of the PlayStation Two and Four and stuff. Like simple black block. Yes, that's right up my fucking alley. Just give me that every year. Absolutely. So the uh, the thing they are touting here is uh, they've incorporated adapt- adaptive triggers uh, for vibration in the in the shoulder buttons, which is what the Xbox One has, and it's really cool. Uh, the haptic feedback there. Uh, so, like, if you're firing a gun and your magazine's almost empty, you'll feel it on the trigger rather than looking at it on the screen. Uh, and it's very neat. That's the same thing with, like, racing games where they can actually uh, communicate you through the trigger uh, whether or not it's time to change gears or something like that. It's something that you don't even um, really think of as an innovation in video games. But it, for any game that uses it, uh, it's it's very neat. Uh, so I'm happy that they're including that. Although it does seem like the face buttons also use haptic feedback. So maybe they aren't true, de- like they aren't true buttons. But in fact, there is a vibration like a like an iPhone telling you when you've pushed the button. Uh, which uh, you would have to try it to know if this is good or bad. Uh, but it's it is different. Um, I don't know. I like the look of it. Sure. Yeah, we'll we'll push the whopper button. We'll push the whopper button. Woo! <laughs> 80% of the time, they order the DualShock DualSense controller, and those triggers are cold. Uh, so that's all I kind of had for news. <laughs> we wanted to keep this to around 30 minutes, just so we can make sure uh, that what we have done here has worked. It seems like it has. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's, Probably. There's, yeah, there's like not a crazy delay. So if that is the case, uh, I might be talking to you in a couple days for an AEW review. Uh, yeah, why you, the hell not? I didn't, I didn't watch it last night or the other night. Oh man, I'm uh, I'm most of the way in. I would be very interested in hearing what you have to say about the best friends versus, versus the best friends match. What? Uh, Michael Nakazawa and Kenny Omega versus the best friends. Oh, it must be a very good match or it's it was, very funny. It was like indie Japanese, uh, like Michael Nakazawa's oiling up. He's taking off his jock strap and putting it in people's face. And, uh, oh my, oh my lots God. Lots of... Lots of faces going into dicks. Uh, so so check that <laughs> check that shit out. Also, Britt Baker gets busted open on a knee to the face and oh, just starts sure. bleeding like crazy at the end of this fucking match with Sheeta. It's it's it's, it's all right. There's uh, some good moments. I mean, we'll we'll save it for Sultans, I guess. But also, uh, you have to, that to look forward to, listeners, as well as the Big Show show. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's looking forward to that. Uh, I've seen the first two episodes of the Big Show show. And uh, I'm going to tell you all about it. And then we also have from last night, Total Bellas, Episode 2, Season 5. Uh, so g- things are popping off. You know, it's never been a better time to listen to Titsy Iceberg content. <laughs> things are popping off. <laughs> uh, if this if this works all well and good, we'll have Reed back on the Salt and the Slam, as I said. And next week for the uh, public beta, uh, we might even consider getting back into our Fallout conversation. We'll see. Uh, but it's nice to know that hopefully uh, we'll be able to do this podcast together uh, even if it means it has to be a little shorter, obviously it'd be nice to be in the same room together. But if this has to work for now, it is better than talking to myself or us doing it separately. I think you would agree. Yeah. Uh, so thank you all for listening. Sorry for any audio mishaps in this episode. Uh, for myself, Lee, and for Reed, thanks for signing up for the Public Beta Podcast. And we'll talk to you again next week. Next week.